Hello, welcome to the Mind of a Football Coach podcast. Uh, we are back after a little little break here on the podcast. I've had some had a significant life event, uh, the birth of twin boys uh, for the Davis household. So, uh, getting ready for that and doing that uh, has postponed any podcast that I was going to do until until now. Uh, and man, what a <laughs> what a what a great thing. I think as a, as a man, I can speak on this. I, I love my girls and I think their, their births were awesome. They were fantastic. I love my, my daughters, uh, but as a man, having, having boys has a, has a something, something special. It really does. And, uh, yeah, so that's been, that's been, that's been what's going on in, in my life at the moment and, uh, enjoying time with them, time with my wife, time with my other kids. And now I have some time to record a podcast and this is something else I, I like doing. And I've had a couple of people reach out, uh, since I did my last podcast, which was February or excuse me, January 24th, I believe, and asked uh, some questions about different schemes. Uh, one coach <laughs> sent me a text and, and was asking, Hey, basically, basically asking, Hey, when's, uh, when's another podcast going to, going to come out? And, well, I guess today is today is that day for another another podcast. Uh, so good to be here. Uh, enjoy doing these. I really enjoy your feedback. Uh, please send me any feedback to Zach Z A C H dot Davis D I V I S two four at gmail dot com. I appreciate that. I really enjoy exchanging ideas with people, and that's what this time of year is for: is exchanging ideas. It's coming up with a plan, and then also being willing to modify the plan for the next football football season. And for me, this time of year is – it's not the most fun. Obviously, coaching on the field is the most fun. But it's, it's a special time of year for me as a coach because I get to learn. I get to watch film. I get to talk to other coaches. And it makes me a better coach, which excites me because I want to be the best I can – I can be for my players. And I, I believe that all the people listening to this podcast are the same type of, they're the same type of person. They want to be the best they can be to help their players become the best they can be going, going forward. And I've been at a number of different places and I've seen it done different ways, but the heart of it is coaches trying to develop their scheme, their players, their relationships and their community to make the program the best that it can be. And I've said this before on, on the podcast, every program has a ceiling and a floor. And I think as a coach, what you're trying to do is get as close to the ceiling as you can. And sometimes you reach the, the bottom because of injuries, because of strange things that happen during games because of a COVID year, right? Uh, so yeah, sometimes the years just don't go the way we think they should, or we want them to, but if we have a good process and we are good coaches, we're going to get to the ceiling of our program far more times than we're going to be at the basement. And I think this past year for us, uh, where I am was a, was a season where we had some things not go our way, but then we made some breaks and we had a, a good year for our program. Now, can it be better? Sure. But as a coach, you have peace of mind when you when you look back and you go, okay, the plan was good, 
certain things happened some games and it didn't work out quite the way we wanted it to, but at least we had a plan and we trusted the plan. And the plan also was something that we could edit. I like to think of, of playbooks as living documents, right? Of practice, of practice plans as living documents. Obviously you want to hand people something concrete, a PDF or a, or a piece of paper, but don't be afraid to make the tweak when it, when it needs to be made. I know for me in the off season, I like to be able to put together a playbook and let's do this. And then inevitably something I see catch something catches my eye that fits what we do. And I, Hey, let's take, let's add this, but let's take this out or a player comes out and plays for you or maybe a player's ineligible. So you have something you want to do with him and then, okay, we're not going to be able to do that. So let's be able to adapt because I think adapting is something that you need to be able to do as a coach in the off season, being able to say, Hey, I thought I was going to have these pieces, but now I have these pieces. So let's, let's make the necessary changes to take, to take advantage of what I have in the hallway because as a high school coach is what we got. We have who's in the building and <laughs> that's it. And that's a, that's a good thing. I like that. I really enjoy being a high school coach. I've mentioned on the podcast before I've had opportunities to go coach to the collegiate level, but it's not something I want to do. Uh, Cause I like just developing who is in the hallway at, at my high school. Uh, and <laughs> along the lines of, of developing, I, I woke up this morning and I got a text from a friend of mine and he, he texted me and it said, he said, coaching matters because the, the chiefs, you know, executed down the down the end of the game uh, of the Super Bowl, and they won the game. And yeah, coaching definitely matters. And I think that's if coaching didn't matter, I wouldn't be doing this podcast, right? <laughs> but at, the more I think about it, coaching really matters when the talent is in the same ballpark. Uh, I have coached at places where we had a lot of talent. And obviously you need to coach them and get a line lined up. And I think we did a, a good job of coaching our guys, but if you're better than somebody else, you're going to win 90 something percent of the time. If you're really bad and you're not nearly as good as the other team, you're going to lose at about the same rate as a high school coach. What I focus on is how do I, coach my guys to where when the talent is similar, that we have better than a 50-50 shot of winning the game. That can be scheme. I think your scheme has to fit your personnel. I, I am not somebody that is tied to any one particular scheme, offense, defense, special teams. There's things I like. There's things I've done in the past. But I think as a high school coach, I'll speak for me in my situation. I'm at a rural high school in West Virginia. And I love coaching football in West Virginia. I really do. It's a unique experience. I really enjoy being here. I really enjoy doing this. I really enjoy being at a rural school. I think that fits me. I was talking to somebody the other day. I think rural football is my thing. I really like coaching at rural schools. Uh, ours is a large rural school. Uh, there's small rural schools, medium-sized rural schools. But for me, my talent 
can change from year to year. Not meaning that guys are better players or worse players, but their their attributes can change. So how do I use the available ingredients to put the best product on the field as we possibly can? That to me is what I'm focused on as a coach at a, at a rural high school. So from year to year, who we have can drastically change. So last year we, we had, we, well, we graduated after this past season, a guy who is in the top five or 10 all time in rushing yards at our high school. And I'm an old offensive lineman, so we're going to run the football, but, Maybe that has to look a little different because when you have a guy that rushed for 1,500 yards, you can just turn around and hand it to him 20, 25 times a game, and he's okay with that because he doesn't play any defense. But maybe going forward, your personnel is different. So maybe I have to think to myself, hey, how do I get the most out of the out of the roster that has been entrusted to me as the head coach? And I'm, I'm speaking to other other head coaches out there or other decision makers. Uh, that hiring committee, that committee that uh, we all went through when we were interviewed, they chose us to be the head coach. And they did that because they like our ideas and they like how we go about things. So yes, it is good to listen to other people, to get input, to to get a, to gain wisdom from other people. But at the end of the day, trust your judgment because they hired you. I was texting a, another coach at our school this off season. And we were, I was telling him that we were having that conversation via text message. And I said, man, they hired you. So do what you believe in. Because as a, as a coach, the last thing, I mean this, the last thing that we want to have happen is it doesn't go well and we didn't listen to ourselves. Hey, if we lose and I, I went about it in a way that I thought was the best way possible, okay, fine. That's, that's, that happens, right? You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But the worst feeling is to lose and know we didn't play the game the way I wanted to play the game or I thought we needed to the way I thought we needed to play the game to, to play our best potential. So to the coaches out there who this off season are going to clinics, who are talking to other coaches, trust your gut. It's okay to like certain things and dislike certain things uh, to a point. I'll say this. So I, I was listening to a coach talk on a, a podcast a couple of years ago. And he's at high school, he was at high school in Georgia, and that high school had Justin Fields, who now plays quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Co- that coach is a wing T guy. Well, he's still a wing T guy, but he had Justin Fields in his high school. So he modified what he did to fit probably the best player in the school's history, to be candid, right? Guy played Ohio State, played in the last championship game. Did he play in the last championship game? I think he did. Got drafted, is playing for the Bears. So know what you want to be, but at the same time, be willing to adjust that 
be, be willing to tweak that when it's needed. And we need to be able to change course and do that. And I hear people say, well, my players, you know, can't remember that or they dislike change. That's not true. That just means that person's a bad teacher. <laughs> if you can teach it, your players can learn it, especially if it works better than what you were doing. I think that's the ticket. If it's working better because it fits them better and you're a good teacher, then it's going to be just fine. I think about Bear Bryant, right? Bear Bryant, this was back, I was reading a book uh, about Nick Saban and Bear Bryant. I forget the name of it. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I don't remember the name of the book. But he was talking about how Bear Bryant switched to the wishbone because what he was doing didn't work. And he went and talked to DK Royal out of Texas, out of Texas and yeah, I mean, the one of the best coaches of all time felt the moment, knew what he had, had to do, and then went and did it. And he taught it great. And then that him switching to the wishbone, now I'm not saying switching to the wishbone is going to solve your problem, solve your our program's issues, right? You know, or, or any kind of offense or defense. But feel the moment you're in and know what's going to help your program take the next step because I'll look up this book title Bear Bryant and Nick Saban this is driving me nuts if I don't look it up Bear Bryant and Nick Saban book Chasing the Bear and I look at I look at Nick Saban he's the same guy Nick Saban was you know pro personnel uh, heavy package run the football won a couple of national championships, and then he realized, hey, at this moment in time, I need to be more RPO, more spread. And they did that, and then they won a couple of national championships, and they've kind of, for Alabama standards, they've took Hagan a step back. But then I look at who they just hired as offensive coordinator. It's Tommy Reese from Notre Dame. What does Notre Dame do well or did well under Coach Reese? They ran the football. So in my mind – I'm looking at coach, what Coach Bryant's doing. I'm going, he's getting back to his roots. He knows you have to be able to run the football to win. Jim Harbaugh is the same way. I know they lost to TCU in a fluke game, but what took Michigan back to being really good, winning two Big Tens, running the football, playing great defense. And to me as a head coach, that's it. Run the football, play great defense, and be able to throw the football as well, right? We're going to do some 707s uh, this year. We didn't do any last year. I was That's what I thought was best for our program. But going forward, we're going to throw the ball in the summer because I think you have to. I really like it more for defense, learning how to defend the pass, spread formations, because I think that's something that we need to be better at uh, to take our program to the next level. But at the end of the day, it's stopping the run, running the football. And... Obviously, the passing game in NFL is is the deal, but the rules in NFL are different, and the personnel is way different, right? You're signing those guys for millions of dollars. <laughs> uh, here at the high school level, we have who we have. And I think with all the 707s in the summer, which are good, we're going to get back into that. People have learned how to, one, throw the football, but two, I think more importantly, defend the pass. I know for us this past year, we ran for almost 3,000 yards because people have a hard time fitting formations they don't see in 707 or they see they don't see in their own practice. 
So if you're a program that is striving to win some games, maybe you shouldn't, or be competitive in games, maybe you shouldn't, do something different. Don't do the same thing everybody else in your conference is doing because you need you need to be able to be the, the oddball a little bit, right? And what's cool these days is the I is the oddball, the power I is the oddball, the T is the oddball, the wing, wing T is the oddball. Now, if you're in a conference and spreads the oddball, go spread, frick, <laughs> you know, do that because uh, you'll be different than the other people in your conference. So I'm glad I found that book. It's called Chasing the Bear. Really good book that goes into Bear Bryant, Nick Saban, uh, their similarities or differences. I didn't realize Bear Bryant was uh, such a politician. I use that in a positive, that word in the positive sense there. Very likable guy. Uh, and Nick Saban's his own personality too. And they both have had great success. And I'll end with that uh, for this podcast. Just be yourself. I mean, as you're going through this off season, you're trying to figure out how do we do this? What are we going to do? How are we going to be better than last year? How do we how do we replace these guys on offense or defense? Be yourself. You know what's best for your program. You really do. And don't let the wins and losses tell you what was the best thing to do. Know that wins and losses sometimes depend upon things that are outside of your control. And trust your process. And define your process. What is that? What do you believe in? Why do you believe in it? How can you explain that to your players? And if, if that's, can you teach it to your players? And if you can do those things, like they say, there's a million ways to skin a cat. I watch all kinds of state championship games on YouTube from high schools all across the country. And people win state championships running all different kinds of offenses, all different kinds of defenses, and all different kinds of special teams. The common theme they probably had the best players in the state most years. So yeah, not all of us are in that boat, right? There's only a couple of state champions every year. So thank you all for listening. Uh, it's good to be back on the podcast. And uh, yeah, again, if you have thoughts, comments, uh, please send me an email. Zach, Z-A-C-H dot Davis, D-A-V-I-S, 24 at gmail.com. Have a great day.